Episode 68, Listener Questions. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman, advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagon Be Gone. And this past week, I was on vacation and I got a little behind schedule. So if you're listening to this a day late, I apologize. Usually I release podcasts on Wednesday. This week it went out on Thursday. I actually had almost all of my podcasts uh, pre-recorded before I went on vacation, except for this one. And I had arranged for some equipment to... Uh, be available to me, but of course it wasn't, (laughs) you know, uh, Murphy's Law, go ahead and prepare everything and then it's not available. Um, And so I'm doing the best I can. If the audio quality isn't as good as it normally is, well, I apologize. It's actually kind of humorous to see me right now. I'm actually sitting in my childhood bedroom (laughs) and inside my closet where like all these extra blankets are stored just so that I have as little reverb sound as possible. Um, So I hope it sounds okay. And, uh, you know, I apologize for the audio quality this week. And if you hear anything in the background. This week, I wanted to answer some questions. So I'm just gonna open my notebook here because I'm kind of sitting like a little bit awkwardly. (laughs) Um, And I want to also say that I had a little bit of technical difficulty this week with my voicemails. A lot of them, for some reason, just didn't come through. And so if you left me a voicemail with a question and I didn't get to it on the show, I'm going to do a listener show again in a few weeks. So please keep leaving me um, voicemails and I will answer your questions. So... Um, this week I want to deal with, I think, three questions that I got. Um, I have a few more, uh, ready to go, but this is, I think, a good number. Uh, and I think that they're sort of good, um, questions to ask. Uh, I want to answer this one from a lady who called in Montreal. And now I think most of you know, if you've been listening for a while, my feelings about storing children's clothes. So this question is about children's clothes, but basically... What she says to me is that she's basically an organized person. She has a six-month-old baby, and um, she checked on what she needed to buy, and she thought, she sort of thought in the back of her mind that she had uh, the clothing that she needed, but she couldn't find it, and she went out and she bought some more clothing, and uh, then she went to look for something else, and she found the original clothing that she had been looking for in the first place. And so her question to me was, what should I do? Basically, should I continue to store? Should I store differently? Like, what exactly should I do to make sure that, you know, this doesn't happen again? And the thing is, is that um, I kind of feel like you might know what my answer is going to (laughs) be. But I'll, I'll say it again. And the reason why I'm answering this question in the listener questions is because I think it's, it's worth um, repeating is that, I actually think that if you save some things, especially basics from child to child, that's fine. If you're going to do that, then you have to follow a few guidelines. First of all, you can only save the very best clothing. And let me just back up for one for one um, second, because you before you even save any clothing, what you buy for each child should be limited, not in excess. It should be enough to get you through, you know, 
the three or the six months that your small children are wearing, uh, six to 12 months when your kids are a little bit older. Some kids even wear, you know, clothing for two years. So, you know, you know how fast your kid grows. Um, but basically it's important to keep in mind, like don't buy too much. (laughs) I, I, I can't really express that anymore, but buying only what you need is going to cut down on saving between children. Okay. So that's number one. Buy only what you need so you're not saving so much in between children anyways. When you actually save things in between children, you should um, only save the very, very, very best stuff. And when you're only saving the very, very best stuff, there's a lot less to save. (laughs) Um, It's really possible that when you get uh, clothing opened, your bins open after you know, a year or two years or four years even, a lot of the stuff that you thought was in good condition had a small stain on it and now it's all yellowed and it, you know, doesn't look nice and you don't want to put your kid in it anymore. So it's better if you just would have passed it on right away and this way someone would have gotten use out of it because it doesn't show up as yucky. So (laughs) I know it sounds like shallow or whatever and some people are like, yeah, okay, I don't mind putting my kid in that and I never really minded saving between kid and kid, but Uh, you know, you want your kids to look nice, even if they will get filthy in a few minutes. But um, only saving the very best is a lot easier when you actually have less clothing. So first have less clothing, then only save the very best. And then put everything that you're going to save into clear boxes or bins or bags or whatever, because you want to be able to easily see sort of because a lot of times you can see like one piece of clothing and totally identify, you know, exactly what it's from. So having things in like clear bins and boxes or bags is is worthwhile, in my opinion. Um, I am not a huge fan of those space saving vacuum bags. I think they tear very easily. And in the end, they end up taking a lot more space. If you're going to save clothes from kid to kid, I really prefer if you do it in clear plastic bins even though I'm you know anti-plastic it's the easy I think it produces the best most organized results for storage it also allows you to um, slip like a piece of paper in the front and clearly mark the size and also you could even mark you know what's inside it for sure you should mark the season winter summer but also, if you, as you're putting it away, you have 10 onesies or stretchies or 10 sleepers or 10 t-shirts or whatever it is that you have, it's a good idea to mark that on the piece of paper, slide the piece of paper in the front of the clothing, and then uh, slip it, you know, then close up the box that way so that you can see the list and easily figure out what is actually in it so you're not storing you know, stuff that you don't even know what you have for really, you know, what you really have. Um, The other thing, and this is like the final step, and it sounds so obvious, but it doesn't happen this way in everybody's homes. It's really, really, really important to put it all together. Because I think what happened to this lady who called me was just that it must have been that the clothes were stored in different places. If you're going to save clothing between children, then store it all in the same place and try to store it by year and by season so that you can easily access it. Um, It's not worthwhile to save things that you don't have access to, that you can't access, that you can't get to. And 
you know, it seems almost superfluous, unnecessary to save these things if you're not going to even be able to use them for your next child. So like if you can't access them, then you can't use them. So then why did you even bother saving them? And then you should have just passed them on like right away. So putting the like items together is just out of the whole step, no matter how you store it, whether or not you inventory it, whether or not you save the best stuff is almost irrelevant if it's all not stored together and clearly marked. So I hope that answers your question. Um, I know it's, it's kind of tricky because we never know what our next baby will be, what, what the gender will be. And we never know if it's going to be the same season. And we don't even know if we will have another baby. So it seems sometimes like, you know, should I save it? Should I not save it? Am I done? Am I not done? And I totally get that feeling. Uh, I really understand it. But at the same time, when we're holding on to things, it means that other people aren't using them. And also, we should be careful to just not consume too much in the first place. Because what's the point of the consumption? Just trying to store all of it is just, it's maddening. Like, it's so hard to store it and find it and find a place to store it. I mean, if you have a really big, massive house with a really big, massive storage unit, then fine, please go ahead and put some shelves in and put a box on each shelf labeled by year and month and whatever season. Go ahead. But most of us don't have that kind of space available to us. And it's really not worthwhile to take the effort and the time and the money to actually store everything that way. So, you know, do the best you can. Um, and be thoughtful, be mindful, practice really understanding what you're actually going to need, really focus on and thinking and being thoughtful about what you're actually going to need for this next baby. And, and when you're actually buying things in the first place, focus on how much can one child actually use, right? Okay. So, um, I hope again, I, like I said, I hope that answers your question and, um, yeah, if you know, you have more to add, please let me know. Okay. So another lady called me from Lakewood and she said, um, she has seven kids. Wow. That's a lot of kids. And you know, she wants to become minimalist. And I'm like thinking as soon as she says this, like, okay, you have seven kids. There's nine people living in your house. How can you be a minimalist? And she says to me, you know, I have bikes. So with a bike comes the helmets and the pads or a scooter and a helmet. And how do I store all of these things? You know, with they take up a lot of space and it's true, they do. And then she said to me, well, everybody needs winter boots and everybody needs rain boots and everybody needs, and then we have outdoor chairs. Sorry, not everybody needs, but then we have outdoor chairs. And is it better to just bring in chairs for, or bring out chairs from inside when we want to sit outside or I have a picnic table, you know, cause we eat outside a lot. I have a double stroller and I have a single stroller. Do I need all these things? And here's the thing. Only you can answer that question. Only you know what you need. I can't tell you what you need. What I can tell you is most of us can sit down and figure out where the excess is in our life. Now, if you have seven kids and you have a single stroller and a double stroller, I could understand why both could come in handy. I understand why you need seven helmets. I understand why you need, you know, 14 pairs of boots in total or um, between the kids. Like, I get that. I totally get that. 
I think that becoming a minimalist is a worthwhile goal and it might be possible even with that many kids, but you are the one who will decide what is actually important to you and what is not important to you. And if you don't sit down and set some guidelines for yourself, it's going to be really, really hard to do that. So I suggest if you're interested in becoming more minimalist and having less, figure out like what is the bare necessity that every person in your house needs, okay? How many shirts, how many shoes, how many pants, how many skirts, how many tights, how many bike helmets, you know, everybody needs a bike helmet, everybody needs rain boots, everybody needs whatever it is that needs, whatever is a hard and fast, yes, we must have this, goes in one column. Then you can go through your house and start to see this is a maybe and then this is a no. Anything that's a no, obviously you want to get rid of right away. Anything that's a maybe, you have to decide if it really fits into your life. So I think that when you can take a step back, do a small inventory, really, you know, figure out exactly what it is that you have, it's going to be a lot easier to say, okay, here's where I can be minimalist. Now, even if you do get to the minimalist um, sort of apex, even if you get to a point where you really feel like there's nothing left for you to get rid of anymore, you still have the issue of how do I store all these things? And that's tricky. <laughs> so I think that it's important to really um, figure out how to maximize your space. When you own your house, it's a lot easier to do that because you can have things built in and it's worthwhile for the expense. If you're renting your house, it's a lot less worthwhile to build in and customize your space. So my answer to this lady who called me from Lakewood is, it really depends on, you know, what your situation in terms of your home is. But listen, be creative about your space. Figure out where you have nooks and crannies that are not being used. Figure out how you can maximize the space and really, you know, put hooks, put drawers, put whatever it is to really get the most out of your space. Now, in terms of things that we might view as luxury items, like maybe chairs outside. For some people, that could be a luxury item. And the thing is, is that if that's a luxury item, and when I say luxury, I don't mean like in terms of money and expense. I mean like luxury in that it makes you not be a minimalist anymore. Or even in terms of expense, when you're looking at it as sort of like, this is my um, ex extra thing, or I think we always have to think like, not just am I minimalist? Am I living with as few things as possible? But I don't think that we have to live a life where we feel deprived. So if you feel like a picnic table or outdoor furniture makes your life better, then it's worthwhile. And you know, it can technically be minimalist. So I think that when you really sit down and evaluate what you actually need, it's a lot easier to say this is something that's extra and a bonus and I kind of need it or I don't need it, but it's something that really makes my life better, then that's okay. I think that there's a big difference between, you know, having outdoor furniture and then having like 25 pairs of, uh, you know, well, not socks, that's not a good example, but it, having 25 blouses. 
does 25 blouses that you have in your closet hanging right now, like, make your life better? To me, that's not minimalist. To me, that's excess. So you got to find out what the excess is for you. You're going to have to sit down and like really examine your soul and figure out what is the excess for me? What is the excess for my family? What are the values that I want to portray to my family? For me, I don't want to tell my kids to have thousands of, of articles of clothing. To me, that's not the kind of um, image I f- I want to show my kids as being important, but for somebody else, clothing might be super important. So you got to find what is important to you and be true to yourself. And I think that it is possible to get rid of a lot, a lot of the excess in your house, even with seven children, um, if you're honest about what you actually need, if you pare down your children's clothing, and if you really are focused on finding good ways of storing the things that you do have for seven people. I mean, let's be honest seven people, seven children, nine people total. Let's be honest, nine people take up a lot of room no matter how you slice it. So you definitely do have to get creative unless you have a giant, you know, massive 25,000 square foot house. (laughs) So if you have a massive 25,000 square foot house, then great, lucky you, right? But if you don't have that, and if you just have like a standard 3,000 square foot house or a 4,000 square foot house even, then like, hmm, you know, you're going to be a lot more stuck. Or even if you have seven kids in a thousand square foot house, then it's going to be a a lot harder and you're going to have to be a lot more creative. So um, being creative is really the key. Unfortunately, I can't uh, get creative with you in your space, but um, I think you get the idea. Assessing what is truly important to you is really, really, that's the key. That's how you figure it all out. Okay, so the next question was, Um, why can't you recycle plastic bottles (laughs) more than one time? And it's a good question. And the reason why you can't recycle plastic, any plastic, not just bottles more than one time is because that's how it works. You can recycle them one time, they get downcycled into something else. And then they're not able to be recycled anymore. That's just the lifespan of plastic. And that's assuming that the area that you live in has plastic recycling available and that on the way to the plastic recycling it doesn't end up you know in the in the gutters in the ocean so um I think that I'm not opposed to plastic plastic has so many um great capacities to be used in and like it's used in medical equipment and in hospitals and it saves lives for sure there's definitely equipment that we have be which plastic makes possible. So I'm not saying plastic overall is bad. I'm just saying how we use single-use disposable plastics are not so great and they really affect wildlife and we really have a responsibility to take care of animals and the environment. And when you use plastic, it's not so great. And recycling is just a band-aid. So I want you to just keep that in mind. The key is to consume less. And this is like the constant theme. When you're buying kids for clothes for your kids, consume less. If you're trying to become a minimalist, consume less. When you're using plastic, consume less. What I unintentionally <laughs> um, am driving home to you today, this is just the nature of these questions that were being asked, is that consumption is really one of the major problems here. 
the consumption is what really, you know, puts us into a problem area with organization. When we're consuming less, it's a lot easier to just get organized, which leads me to my next question, which was, um, (laughs) someone called and said they loved the episode that I did about cooking for Shabbat, but she wanted to know how I clean for Shabbat. Now, um, this is a question that I get asked a lot, and I think it's a good question, so I just want to say, we don't have that much stuff, so when we focus on cleaning, cleaning is really, really cleaning in our house. It's scrubbing the toilets, it's washing the floor, it's cleaning the windows, it's, you know, wiping down the sinks, it's clearing the countertops, whatever it is, like in terms of cleaning, it's actual cleaning, even if it's dusting, it's actual cleaning because we don't have to spend, thank God, so much time tidying because we just don't have that much stuff. There isn't so much to put away. And I think what a lot of people feel like they spend a lot of time on is putting stuff away. When you declutter and when you get organized, you're going to spend a lot less time cleaning up because you're going to spend a lot less time tidying up. And so that's the distinction you have to make. One is tidying and one is cleaning. And actually cleaning is much faster when your house is tidy because you don't have to actually move anything that's in the way. I'll definitely say when I wash the floors, you know, I roll up the carpets in the floor. But like, you know, so that's something I have to move out of my way. But, you know, it's like, it's not like I have 25 toys on the floor that I have to clean up. It's the carpets that need to get rolled off so the floor can get washed. I will say this, I don't have a regular cleaner, but I do get a cleaner every few weeks um, just because I'm busy and I have a job and my husband has a job and, you know, we don't want to spend a ton of time cleaning our house. I would say on average, our house gets cleaned around four to five hours a week total, not including tidying and not including dishes and laundry, but just what we need to do to wash the floors, clean the toilets, that kind of stuff. It's probably around four hours. Um... I do run my iRobot every night, so that helps, you know, keep the dust and dirt under control on the floor. The thing is, is that I have an amazing, amazing husband, and he helps me a ton. So what we like to do is divide and conquer. I cook, he cleans. So do I spend a lot of time cleaning? Not so much, because he's really, really helpful. I'm not saying I never clean. And the truth is, is we try to keep the house clean all week long. So like if we have a spill on the floor, we'll clean up the floor. We don't just let it sit there. The dishes are not piling up all week long. Every night we dedicate time to do the dishes. But we also are spending less time during the week tidying. We usually spend max, max, I can't even remember spending more than this, 30 minutes. But on average, we spend probably 10 to 15 minutes tidying up every night And a lot of nights, that even includes the dishes. So have less, have more, spend less time cleaning. I guess that's all I can really say. (laughs) Um, I know it sounds like, you know, crazy, but consuming less is actually better for you in the long run. Okay, so um, we have one more question. Um, A lady called and said she lives in a furnished apartment, and I'm not sure when she said this, so if if the lady who called me could could call me back and clarify this for me. She said she lives in an apartment that is furnished, but some of the um, furniture is very large and bulky, and she can't find a place for it in the house, but if it's not 
if it's not yours, then I understand why you're looking to like move it around the house. But if it is yours and it's too taking up too much space, then why don't you just sell it? Um, if that's not the scenario that you're in, then please call me back and let me know. But like, feel free to sell anything in your house that isn't working for you. Get it out of your life. Make room, make space for something new to come into your life, something better, something amazing to come into your life. Get rid of the old, make room for the new. It's going to be so much better for basically everyone in your life. Um, so that's all the questions that I have for this week. I'm going to try to see if I can restore some of the voicemail messages that I know some ladies um, left for me and, um, see if I can, uh, you know, answer more. I'm going to hopefully answer more questions in two weeks. Um, next week I have a really great interview. Um, you'll have to tune in to hear all about it and I'm super excited for it. Um, again, if you have any questions, please just leave me a voicemail or send me an email at Rebecca at RebeccaSaltzman.com or Rebecca at BalaganBegone.com, whatever you want. And don't forget that my name is spelled R-E-B-E-K-A-H. Um, I am getting excited for my new Conquer Your Clutter class is starting again October 7th. So if you want to enroll this time, I would love for you to join me. It's uh, 10 weeks of challenges and learning how to overcome the organizational problems that you have in your life. And I have a really, really great success rate. And the ladies who finished it last time uh, did so, so great. I was so, so proud of all of them. They did really, really great. Um, if you want to sign up for it, head over to uh, RebeccaSaltzman.com and join the waiting list. Um, it, sign up registration is going to be opening up soon. And if you join the waiting list, I will email you a coupon code and you can uh, join in for big savings. The way that the course works is that you get a challenge every week. And for every week that you complete the challenge at the end of the course, I'll give you $30 back for each week that you successfully complete the challenges. So it's a pretty good deal. You could get up to $300 back. And I would say that almost all of my um, students got almost all of their money back. On average, people miss one week and they like something comes up and they miss one week of the challenge. But I'm really pretty liberal about the challenges and the success that the people who have completed the class have had has just been amazing. Once you buy the class, you can, you know, do the class over and over again as many times as I run it. So it's, you know, a really good deal because you get access to the class for as long as you want. So if you're interested, again, go to RebeccaSaltzman.com and sign up for the wait list. And as soon as... Um, registration opens in a few weeks, we will send you a coupon code to register. I hope that everybody is not going crazy with their kids home this summer and that things are still being organized and productive for you. I know sometimes it's frustrating. Believe me, I'm having some of those days too where we're trying to like entertain the kids on vacation. And all I just keep saying to myself is Hashem is taking care of it for me. So... <laughs> So I apply that to all things in my life, organization, my kids, whatever. It's all being taken care of. 
there's no need to worry. So when you feel stressed out, just repeat it to yourself over and over again, and it will soothe you, and eventually you will believe it. <laughs> but just keep saying it to yourself, and you can say Hashem keeps me organized, or you know whatever works for you. But I like that one. Hashem is taking care of it for me. I wish you all a fabulous week, and I wish you an organized week. Happy organizing, and I will speak to you all next week. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.